guys. So a while Hi. back, you hey know, because we're real awesome. organized and amazing Welcome in life. Welcome to the um, City Podcast. I'm Nicole. We did I'm a real on oxytocin and vasopressin so this podcast is going to be about oxytocin which we already said thanks for but next week is going to be about vasopressin welcome to the uh and these chemicals are really really important uh and oxytocin is important for both all sorts of things men and women uh and vasopressin is more about men but it's important for both sexes to understand what these people that have heavy what they do and how to you know biohack them um, essentially so that you can get the best out of life and we're also going to speak about how psychedelics um, interact with oxytocin even though there's not a lot of research about it absolutely uh, it gets pretty fascinating because i hypothesize you know because i'm a fancy scientist not um (laughs) but i hypothesize that it's really what it's interacting with other than the dmn so um, without further ado, oxytocin was founded in 1906, and it was thought to actually only cause or be useful for contractions in the production of breast milk. And um, what they actually started finding was when they started researching children with autism a little bit later, uh, they found that they had really low levels of oxytocin. And this is where they the research kind of was like, well, there's something to this. So it was actually in autistic children where things really started taking off and saying, well, this does something. Because what happened was when children were given higher levels of oxytocin, um, either through like nose spray or whatever that they were doing, they actually found that the children with autism were able to keep eye contact for longer. They recognized facial expressions. Their social behaviors were better. Um, So they just all of a sudden were acting more social than autistic kids typically do. So when that that research took off um, and then actually in 2013 was like a huge boom in um, in oxytocin research. And it was actually by MIT because they were doing a study on cancer. And so I don't know if you're pulling up things in your head when you think about oxytocin, but, um, oxytocin has been called the love drug for ever. That's always what I thought it was. Um, and if you heard our reel, it's like God's first joke was estrogen. His second joke was oxytocin. Um, and it is, it's, it is a joke, but it's actually one of the most fundamental properties in human, um, health, like mental health known to man. And I'm going to let Nicole talk a little bit now because I went on a rant. Yeah. So it's a natural occurring hormone and it's a neuropeptide that plays a critical role in social bonding. So that's makes sense. Like when Meg was saying, it's like the second joke, right? Because it's a big part of maternal behavior and pair bonding. It's the re you know, it's the release in the brain and the response of a social interaction, such as hugging or kissing and like positive social experiences. So oxytocin promotes feelings of trust, empathy, and social connection, ideally. And, um, you know, Meg was talking about how they, you know, MIT started doing all this research in 2013. And I started thinking about it. And before the podcast, I hadn't thought about this. It like popped up when she was thinking, when she was talking. I remember that when I was taking a sociology class in college, um, they actually talked about a study that they did on orphans and there were two orphanages and one orphanage, the children were really taken care of. Like they were coddled and nurtured and hugged and kissed and loved. And then there was another 
orphanage where they didn't do that. The children were just kind of like left to their own demise. And the children that were adopted from the orphanage that was loved and cared about and everything, um, they were fine. And they grew up to be very loving adults when they went back and looked at, did this research. Well, unfortunately the orphanage where all these children were not loved and they kind of were like kind of overpassed and not taken care of had severe behavioral issues to the point where parents were actually coming back to the orphanage and being like, Hey, I want to give this kid back because these children were so traumatized and they had, they were almost just like completely unfunctional little humans because of potentially just this oxytocin. Well, if you, I mean, basically what oxytocin does. So the sympathetic nervous system is controlled by cortisol and um, uh, adrenaline. Adrenaline. There it is. So you're in high beta or fight or flight. So when people get programmed into that very young, right, when they're not understanding that social settings are actually safe and they're not reaping the benefits of oxytocin, then they actually become loners. And I would argue that this is where like psychopathy and everything comes from is actually the disassociation from like understanding that in a group we're safe and social norms and things like that. But if you know people that um, are have so much trauma that they're in high beta all the time, what they actually lack is oxytocin levels because oxytocin is actually what controls the parasympathetic nervous system, which is really, really good for us. So if you think of like an African savanna, right? Like if you're a loner, you're going to get eaten and die by lions. But if you're in a pack, then you're going to be safe. And the bonding of a pack is actually through oxytocin. So when you see like lions, like rubbing on each other or things like that, they're actually releasing oxytocin and bonding. So it's why when you see like doctors say, oh, you need like eight hugs a day or things like that. Or why you see old ladies with like eight cats is because that's actually where they're getting their oxytocin and you cannot survive without oxytocin because it literally will cause the breakdown of your entire body. Um, and it actually, I would even argue causes states of psychosis because if you don't feel love, if you don't feel connection, this is where you get people that live alone in our hoarders and things like that. It's actually the lack of oxytocin in their lives. Well, and oxytocin is being a lack of oxytocin has been linked to depression. Oh, and when you have oxytocin, it's actually been clinically linked to stress reduction and the regulation of the body's stress response. Like, so it's literally a natural stress relief. It literally dissolves cortisol in real time. Well, so if you look at um, women uh, and even men for that matter, but I'm going to focus on women because oxytocin is higher in women. That's why women are more social. We're all about communication. We're about groups. We're about connection. That's because we, we bond when we're young. We actually, um, anytime we have sex with a man, we're releasing oxytocin the whole time we're having sex. We bond, um, actually the highest levels of oxytocin release are actually when we're breastfeeding. So we just have a lot more oxytocin than men do. Um, men bond a little bit different, even though they have oxytocin, they really are only releasing oxytocin in large amounts. And it's not even close to what women release, um, while they're actually ejaculating. So during sex, um, but once you bond with a man, his scent actually releases oxytocin in your brain. That's why women like to wear men's like sweaty shirts and stuff that they've slept with is because you're actually getting an oxytocin release. 
And this is also why social media is so dangerous um, in a lot of ways with breakups. And they're so much harder than they used to be, because when you can look at a man's social media and see him, your facial recognition um, is actually causing an oxytocin dump. So when we can't actually withhold ourselves from seeing them, it causes huge issues in our oxytocin levels um, because actually scientifically, if you have sex with someone in order to unbond from them, it typically takes two months, but it can actually take up to two years to fully detox yourself from oxytocin, depending on how good the sex was. So the better the sex was, the more oxytocin you're releasing, the more orgasms you have, the more oxytocin. So, um, you know, when we bond and this is something that we really need to understand when we think about hookup culture and stuff, if you're sleeping with a lot of different men, um, and vice versa, if men are sleeping with a lot of different women and you're causing, you're actually messing up your oxytocin receptors in your brain. And it actually can cause a lot of anxiety, depression, your nervous system is going to be irregulated. Mental health is going to be on a huge downward slope. Um, and so on a scientific level, this is why hookup culture is quite dangerous uh, for, especially for women, because women are actually programmed to bond and to be monogamous because you want to be able to bond with your child. Right. And so the more you mess up your oxytocin receptors in your brain, actually, the harder it is to bond with your child. So, you know, you don't want to have oxytocin issues because also on a physiological level, um, when you have high levels in your your oxytocin is really regulated. Um, you heal faster from wounds. This is proven. Um, your skin is thicker. So your collagen is higher. So people that don't age as fast usually have a loving partner. You know, we have a couple that live next door and they're in their nineties. Um, they look like they're in their seventies and they walk every day holding hands and they're the cutest human beings on the planet. Uh, but just being around them, they're so full of love and they've been married for 60 some odd years. Uh, but like, they both look really young, which is just wild to me. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to be single at 90 personally. I want to be walking with the man I love holding hands. And like, that's, that's just precious. Goals. Anyway, goals, goals, so goals. props to them. I watch them every day and put that into my like intentions in life. Um, okay. So then we have. Like, even if you eat like shit, right? Like you're eating the worst crap on the planet. If you have high levels of oxytocin. So this is the secret to people that eat crappy and are still skinny and ridiculous. I'm like, what is wrong with that human being? Like, why do they? It's because their oxytocin levels are so high because it affects metabolic rate. When you are in fight or flight, literally your metabolic rate drops because it's not safe to digest food. That's why you feel sick. Like when you get anxious or nervous, right? So it literally, your digestive system shuts off. It's only when you're in your parasympathetic nervous system that actually digesting food is really easy. You do not want cortisol involved. And that's why if you think like, oh my God, this is so bad for me. And you release cortisol, it automatically, you get fat. It's, it's chemical. It's on a chemical level. Um, but if you have really high oxytocin levels, you're in parasympathetic nervous system. You're like, oh my gosh, this food's so good for me. I freaking love ice cream. You don't gain a pound. And that is why some people are just like ridiculously thin their whole life or they get pregnant and it's like, they just snap right back into looking like they did before. It's because they're really happy people and they <laughs> have a lot of oxytocin in their bodies. Okay. So, um, and high levels of oxytocin is also, and this was in part of an MIT study and we will link it. 
Um, so when mice had high levels, and this has also been reproduced in humans, but in the study, they, when they have really high levels of oxytocin, even into old age, they're playing and they're mating and they have beautiful fur. They don't like, they don't get fat, nothing. So they stay very, very youthful, even up until they die. Um, and the opposite is true of, you know, if they had low levels, they'd become patchy, they'd get fat, they'd stop socializing. And you see, you know, especially after COVID and stuff, there's been a huge downtick in social behaviors with people. And I've even seen it in myself. And when I really started to, you know, in our coaching and stuff, look at oxytocin and look at these things, I've made it a point to go out and be more social because even if you're getting less sleep, spending time with people actually allows oxytocin to, um, you know, stimulates it. And it, so it's not just with the people that we are having sex with or anything. It's being in a group of people. It's how you find your tribe. You actually bond with them. And that's why it hurts when people betray you or things happen because, um, you know, the oxytocin is quite literally the drug or not the drug, but the chemical of youth. Um, and if you want to stay young until you die, if you want high testosterone rates, and we know right now, I'm going to let Nicole take this one. What's going on with testosterone? Yeah. I mean, in watching, watching what's happening, um, testosterone is, you know, clearly something, I think it's been very much, um, deemed like, oh, you have good or you have bad. And like, just because you have muscle mass doesn't mean you have high levels of testosterone. And so, you know, men right now, they're really struggling with sperm count. They're struggling with intimacy. They're struggling with all these things in society. And it's something that we really need to look at and we really need to face it. And, you know, we, we work in the psychedelic world, you know, and when people come to us, you know, a lot of men are struggling with intimacy. They're struggling with like, they feel like loners. They're turning to pornography. They're turning to hookup culture. They don't actually know how to cultivate a true relationship anymore. And it's becoming this very um, sick culture of, you know, attacking. It, it's a direct attack on the testosterone. I mean, they, they're men. Um, and when we look at the, the testosterone levels in men, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Meg, I think it's the DHT, right? Which is the bad testosterone. Um, it'd be really interesting to see if oxytocin takes it out. Right. Because actually oxytocin is linked to higher testosterone. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's why, you know, men as they fall in love and we'll get into this more with fast press in next week, but their testosterone levels actually spike right. when they're around a woman that they're a mated pair with because that's actually the release of oxytocin, but it's, it's vaspressin, but they're, they're what oxytocin is to women is what vaspressin is to men. Right. And so like when you remove oxytocin, so you remove that feminine element in the relationship and they've turned to pornography, they've turned to like virtual sex, ideally you're completely eliminating oxytocin. Therefore you're actually cultivating negative testosterone within the body. Yeah. But you're seeing that even in like the, the muscle mass in men has changed a yeah. lot and that's all oxytocin levels. Uh, you know, the, the bonding, everything has, has significantly changed. Um, and we're going to get into that next week. Cause that has more to do with vasopressin. Um, don't want to ruin it for you guys. Well, you know, and the other thing with oxytocin too, you know, is I, I was, um, well, Meg was talking before we started talking about testosterone, I was like, you know what? I'm very curious if 
you know, a lot of psychedelics that work particularly in frog medicine. So, you know, Meg was talking about animals, right? So Bufo and Cambo, right? They released DMT along with ayahuasca. So I did a quick Google search and actually um, they are trying, they're in the process of trying to create, to figure out exactly what it is in 5E DMTO, which O is actually an oxytocin receptor. So they're actually proving in scientific practices um, and research, I should say, that when you're using psychedelic drugs, not drugs, when you're under a psychedelic influence, the DMT is releasing oxytocin simultaneously in the brain. They haven't proven it 100% yet, but that is what is showing up along with other positive um, chemicals in the body. I mean, I would argue that that's correct just because if you've ever gone down and done psychedelics, immediately you're bonded with the people that you sat with. Like I feel a connection to everyone I've ever sat in ayahuasca with, whether I knew them before or even spoke the same language, you, you are hugging and loving them after. Yeah. Um, there's an affinity towards them to become part of your tribe, even if you've never even spoken to them. And I would even say like, it's one of the reasons like the guy that I'm currently dating and I have such a bond is because we actually met in ayahuasca. So it's like, I already, our souls already knew each other. There's a weird probably like, I would probably say, you know, if you're not talking about a soul level, just on a chemical level, yeah, we were actually already bonded. Yeah. I'm um, that. So this study, I'll link it in here. It's actually done by the neural neuropsychopharmacology. Um, it started in September, 2017. It's still actually in the current state of it. Um, they're assessing the psychedelic afterglow of what they call the ayahuasca glow and what it is. It's actually chemically happening in the body. Well, it makes sense because, uh, we were actually just, we're going to drop a podcast on epigenetics, um, with Hannah well, and we were, it was weird because I was out with friends the other night and I had kind of been in, you know, kind of alone, alone or all summer just after our three sitting sittings in ayahuasca and stuff. And one of the girls looked at me, she goes, oh my God, you look so much younger. What have you been doing? Yeah. And I was like, uh, ayahuasca, ayahuasca. <laughs> like, <laughs> but if it's oxytocin and my oxytocin levels were spiked, then it makes sense why all of a sudden I look younger because oxytocin creates collagen in the skin and it's been known as the number one anti-wrinkle. Um, so like when you start producing more oxytocin, you actually stop aging or it can even age backwards. Yeah. So. I mean, and, and I'm just briefly, I haven't read this fully, but, um, the, the, um, hormone balancer that you just started taking high levels of that have been, um, in this blood results that they're talking about here. Um, in incital, I always say it wrong. Incital spiked by 200%. Oxytocin did? No, incinol, oxytocin, glucamate, glucamine, and many other chemicals, actually. So those are all like hormone balancers and chemical like neurotransmitters. So, you know, it's all of this like balance of creating unity within the body, chemically, minerally, physiologically, emotionally. It's everything. Well, right. And we're seeing that, right? Like when um when you give somebody like even a microdose of psilocybin and, you know, we work a lot with life force and base energy frequency is your body. Like if your body's not healthy, good luck with mental health. Um, if you don't have people in your life that are connecting you, good luck with mental health. Yeah. And the third one is like how you interact with yourself. Actually, it's crazy that that's the third factor. Like it's actually you 
uh, or bought your body and then your relationship with other people. And then self is actually third, which is so crazy, even though, you know, body is first, but, um, you know, when you think about life force, you know, you're reconnecting when you're using psychedelics to oxytocin and you're not so like, you don't have social anxiety anymore. And you're just like yourself and you can be vulnerable. And, but all of it is centered around, I would argue oxytocin and how, um, we're interacting and how we're, and it's funny because I bet that kids that have been really loved and have a stable home environment have higher levels of oxytocin. And that's actually why, they don't have social anxiety. They're not anxious. They don't have issues in social settings. They're more successful. It's all oxytocin, which is wild. So if you come from a home that there wasn't a lot of love or kisses or hugs or things, your oxytocin levels are actually jacked up. And that's what's causing a lot of the mental illness. But I would argue today's world, we're more disconnected than we ever have been, even though we're more connected than we ever have been because of social media. But if you're not in the physical presence of someone, you can't release oxytocin. I mean, you can on the phone and stuff like that, but just interacting like on Instagram is not um, oxytocin. It's dopamine. Well, yeah. And you can go down, you know, that whole path of like dopamine and cortisol, but you know, it's, it's also fascinating. You know, you go sit in an ayahuasca ceremony and the beginning you're, you're all strangers you're all strangers and you're not allowed to touch. You're not allowed to hug. You're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to be, do any of that. Right. While you're in ceremony. And when you come out of it, like Megan was saying, like when she, um, sat in ayahuasca with the guy she's currently seeing, um, you know, it's like you're automatically bonded, but it just goes to show how powerful chemicals are. You don't even have to have a conversation with someone to feel the presence of oxytocin in the blood and in, in the body. And like, even going to a coffee shop and being around people. And I think right now society, we're really struggling because COVID took a lot of that away from us and we weren't able to be in our tribe, see our family, you know, everyone was going over the internet. It's um, it was very detrimental, but we're now seeing the aftermath of ideally an oxytocin, severe oxytocin withdrawal as a society. Well, absolutely. Cause oxytocin affects the thymus gland, which affects your entire immune system. Like that's why, healthy people that are loved don't get sick with yeah. cancers or any, like literally anything because right. love is, or oxytocin is quite literally the antidote to everything. So if right. you suppress oxytocin, you can literally kill people. Well, yeah. I mean, you could literally argue like all of the isolation, all of the ventilators, the fear, um, you know, not seeing family that literally probably killed more people than the actual virus when you break it down chemically, because when you isolate on a chemical level, you literally kill people. You cut them off. Yeah. I mean, it's no different than what you were talking about with the orphanage. And this leads really, um, good into the, uh, the MDMA, um, study they did with octopuses and they you know, oxytocin was actually released when you release MDMA high levels of it in the body. And octopuses are usually solitary animals. And you saw octopuses actually going through a maze to find another octopus. And then they would hug for hours. Yeah. Um, when without MDMA octopuses would stay solitary and by themselves and not want anything to do with, again, they're solitary animals. Um, but it oxytocin, literally is a game changer when it comes to 
all relationships and all animals, they produce this. Uh, and this is why, you know, again, people hug their animals, but that's, that's not longevity. You need oxytocin all like all day, every day, but we're not getting it. You know, you think about animals on the savanna or anything like they're constantly together. Right. And, you know, look at society, right? Our society has slowly break broken apart. I mean, you could probably test oxytocin levels like back in the twenties, they probably were much higher, right? Like families were closer. They were, you know, lived in the neighborhoods. They went outside and played and we've slowly broken apart into this culture that is, you know, you turn 18, you go to college, you leave your house, you go live in a dorm and you start to break apart from the family unit to then you have to have your own house and your own space. We've we've completely broken away from these like bonds of like the animal kingdom in which, in which we are. We've literally put people into survival mode and that decreases oxytocin. Yeah. It's sympathetic versus parasympathetic. Yeah. And like we no longer so... live in the tri- tribe mentality because tribe mentality never were in fight or flight. The warriors were when they were hunting. But that was it. Well, but men are programmed to have less oxytocin than women. That's they're not as social as we are. Right. Um, you see this in any kind of social dynamic. I mean, women constantly want to be around other people. Men are more solitary. They're it's natural for them. We um, need to give them more MDMA basically. <laughs> uh but it, it's just it's really fascinating to um to really think about it. And it's like it's that simple. Uh, and I lost my train of thought. I'm going to with men, you were talking about like the connection with men and like how they have more. Oh, but, uh, yeah. So oxytocin really is like the true cure all for many ailments and many things that we, um, we fight on a daily basis. Well, I mean, it's just oxytocin withdrawal or, you know, you're so bonded women, you know, you, if you're sleeping with a lot of different men, your oxytocin levels are actually completely jacked. Um, you don't want, you know, you, you don't want to be in that kind of a situation. It's, it's completely detrimental. I mean, men shouldn't be sleeping with a lot of women either because that's your literal life force. I won't get too far into that, but, uh, detrimental in different ways, but you know, the isolation and the issues, uh, are just, yeah, but that's why dogs have separation anxiety, all yep. of it. They're not getting oxytocin. I'm I'm staring at her Dalmatian as she's sitting here looking at us and thumping her tail. <laughs> well, and you know, the other thing is, is that this could also go into like anxious attachment. This could go, you know, your attachment cells. How were you brought up in childhood? You know, you can go down that wormhole of like understanding what, you know, growing up, you know, did you live in a household that had a lot of love or did you not, you know? we're both guilty of having anxious attachment. Is that because of our upbringing? Well, yeah, but then you can chemically break it down that it was most likely a lack of oxytocin in our childhood. Well, it would have been ups and downs, like extreme up and downs of oxytocin. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, I would even argue, um, you know, addiction to the material plane is because you got the, they would never leave you. You get oxytocin from like physical buying things. Um, you know, alcoholism, all, all addiction could be linked back to oxytocin issues in the body and in the brain. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's fascinating when you really break it down and you look at it. 
But I think that we have kind of covered all of oxytocin. Do we do we flip every page in regards to our oxytocin chat? Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. I, the only the other thing I would add is that ninety percent, ninety six percent of the population, when studied, had a deficiency in oxytocin. Damn, mm-hmm. that's so. What did what's the thing? Eight hugs a day. Social interaction. Even if you don't like people, go hang out with like at a coffee shop or be around humans. Yeah. I mean, this is why your social group is so important. And I would even argue that, you know, that's weirdly the same as 95% of the population is hedonist and 5% of the population is stoic. Stoic love people, right? Hedonists love things. So when you love things, you don't get oxytocin. Stoics are happy people that want to make the world a better place. Um, so just, a, I think that we are, should do a podcast about hedonists and stoics because Nicole and I are both um, practicing. On the road to recovery. We're stoics. recovering hedonists. So is everybody. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about the majority of the population, but this follows the same pattern because- yeah. Stoics have regulated oxytocin. Right. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. Very interesting. Um, so if you are not subscribed to our Substack, please subscribe. We drop a new Substack and or new blog every Monday. It goes out as our email, con- like our email subscription. Um, we also always have new information out on our Instagram at synchronicity underscore sisters. You're already listening to our podcast, but we always love for those that are listening to also follow our Instagram podcast at synchronicity underscore podcast. If you love us, please share with your friends, like us, follow us, leave a review. It's the best thing that you can do for us so we can keep creating content. But most of all, thank you so much for being here, staying with us on this adventure of life that we are currently on. And most of all, we wish you a blessed and wonderful day. Bye. Bye.